Striking while the iron's hot to be your authoritative voice for New Mexico soccer. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Brought to you by Beautiful Game Network. Find us on the web at seekandstrikecollective.com. Welcome to We Are Seek and Strike podcast, the podcast for New Mexico soccer supporters by soccer supporters, bringing you the latest end-to-end coverage of New Mexico United and New Mexico College women's soccer. I'm your host, Chris Walker. Joining me is Veronica Zavala and Patrick Baca. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. How are you guys doing? I'm a little tired. A little tired? Little soccer season takes a lot out of you. I bet, huh? I'm not going to lie. I I am low-key wondering what the uh, surprise me donut was in my box of six Dunkin' Donuts from earlier today. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, so I definitely asked for three blueberry and two Boston cream. But for the last one, I said surprise me, and I hadn't looked yet. So, you know, I'm I'm certainly interested. I, I think I might need to put this headphone down for a minute, walk away, go grab them, and then let's see... Let's see if the person threw in, like, the one powdered donut that I'm not going to eat. Or, like, you know, or if, you know, because it's a surprise me. So, let's see what the personality is. You guys, what do you think that surprise me donut's going to be? Your choices, I think, are sprinkled, uh, glazed, um, powdered. Um, uh, what is What else? Jelly-filled. What are you guys thinking? Sugar. I think Dunkin' has sugar donuts, I believe. Yeah, they have those, too. I, I, I'm going to go with sugar. That's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. Like they threw in like a sugar donut. I'm thinking sugar donut. Okay. All right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You go, do you go to this Dunkin' Donuts a lot? No, it was definitely done through um, DoorDash. DoorDash. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with chocolate. See, okay. I would please. like to th- I would like to think that the person that did it for you was not boring and didn't go glazed or right. or chocolate with sprinkles or something. Now, do and you think kind of mixed it up? Okay, so this is a good conversation. Do you think cuz I asked for three blueberry mm-hmm. and two Boston cream. Do you think the person goes, "Oh, well, I'm just going to put a third Boston cream in there because maybe he maybe he wanted a third one or do you think they were perplexed and they're like Hmm. What do I do? Maybe See, if, I, I, if I'm the DoorDash person, I'm probably sitting there going like, "Hmm." I'm trying to DoorDash, put myself. But the DoorDash person isn't the person that selects it. Oh, it's the Dunkin' right. Donuts person. The, so. If I'm the Dunk, I'm trying to put myself in the Dunkin' person's shoes. Okay. You're dunking I, I yourself have, in their shoes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <dude. laughs> Um, hey, I will tell you that your puns are good too, because I yeah, think you. it was the uh, conversation about um, the Jets and Buffalo Bills stadium that you said that they flips around like the dollar menu. I really, oh. I went back to listen to that, and I really liked that. So I have to say, Patrick, you're coming along too. Yeah, I think it's the dad in me. <laughs> so back to this Duncan 
uh, dunking ourselves into this donut uh, mystery. What do you think the sixth donut is? I'm, do you think I'm it's like lock. lemon lemon filled? I really don't like those. I'm, I'm, I'm going to lock in with sugar. Safe. So you got sugar? Is that the you're talking about the powdered one, right? Well, it's not no, the they, powder. They, the... It's like it's. I think it's just glazed with sugar, right, Veronica? Like yeah, there's one that has just like sugar, like it literally. Oh, like you mean like a basic donut? Sugar? Yeah, 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 that one. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say they went with something like chocolatey, because. Because I'm telling you, if they put powdered in there, I'm throwing it away. Like, like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, look, it's powdered donut. Like that you're asking to mess up someone's clothing when you put that donut in there. It's never <laughs> that is, clean. That is quite true. Okay, so I'm going to put this headphones down for a minute. I'm going to walk around the corner, grab this box, and then we're going to see, we're going to see who this person, who this person really is. Oh my god. Okay. Figure right. out if figure out if we're truly disappointed or not. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm walking around, I want you two to um I here's here's the question I have for you two to, to talk over your, yourselves. Snacking bacon. Okay, because they do offer snacking bacon at Dunkin' Donuts too. So um yeah, it, it was an afternoon, I will say the least. So snacking bacon. What what do you think Dunkin' Donuts is offering snacking bacon? Why do you think that? It's for snacks. I'm going to say, a... like, wait, so it's, it's like a piece of bacon on a on a stick or something? Like, what is, what no, is snacking I, bacon? I, I, I think Can it's like Google French it? fry. I, I think it's like French fry, like, bacon strips. Like, you're doing, like, French it, fries. I've never heard of snacking bacon. <laughs> Oh, they're in a snacking bacon donut, Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, it's literally like it is like French, French fries. Fry. Yeah, it's I would assume I would assume bacon fries. Pretty, yeah, bacon fries. But I would assume that'd be the type of person that uh, instead of going to McDonald's for right? French fries, you get some bacon. Get okay, so I'm so I'm back. Road so, hmm. so let's see about this. Now, do they have green bacon. chili snacking bacon out there? Like, no, with like never top little green chili, that would be good. So we I've do put opened, a lot of green chili on that thing. <laughs> so I've opened <laughs> my Dunkin' Donuts bag here. This is a real treat. Let's give them a little AMSR. Oh, he's oh, got some snack and bacon. Hey, oh, I didn't know that he had the snack. I just realized I was snack and bacon. I was like, <laughs> that's an off. I was like, that's an off the fried donut. I was like, that's a weird donut. That's, that's the sound of snacking bacon in your ear. Mm. It's almost like they created snacking bacon as an option on the on the DoorDash app because they didn't sell a lot of breakfast sandwiches. Oh, okay. That feels like a that feels like a whole breakfast mood though. Like yeah. breakfast sandwich and some snacking bacon. It's like right. a burger and french fries. I was really so surprised to see it. Donut open and put the bacon in there. Oh. Right. So okay. Sweet, so here sweet, we go. Sweet. Here we go. We're about to open the donuts. This is an unusual episode, but I'm sure people like Carl and Harry will enjoy it cuz they would probably want to know. I'm going to have another featuring while you're doing that. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I don't even get to see it. So, is that a French curler? 
That is a chocolate French curl. I am so oh, yeah, disappointed it is. It is because uh, those are so good. It's a cruller, right? Yeah, yeah. I love so those things. So that's what they did. They went with, I did three blueberry, two Boston cream, and this person clearly is someone who is balanced because they put another chocolate glazed donut in the box, but they went with a cruller. So I mean, it's one of those ones that you can tell that man, I wouldn't have guessed that one. I wouldn't have seen it coming. Yeah, I didn't know that they did the chocolate ones. I've always had the the French, just the French curl, curl, curler, cruller, cruller. Like, don't be cruel. <laughs> Is it cruller? Don't be cruelers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I love those things. Those are so good. Yeah, so there you go. That's the mystery. The mystery has been solved. So let's move on to something else, guys. Uh, you know, along the same line. So uh, I know the uh, World Cup kits have come out, and we've all at least gotten a little time to kind of see them. So um, let's check them out and kind of let's talk about what maybe our our most favorite kit is, um, and, and no particular order, and then maybe our least favorite kit. And if you have a, a reason behind either, I would love to hear it. So uh, I'll start with, with you, Patrick. What's your favorite kit that's dropped out so far? I've got two. Okay. They're both away kits. And it's going to be Croatia's away kit, and it's going to be Mexico's away kit. Okay. So why, why do you like those? Uh, I like Croatia. I like the colors. And I just like the – because uh, Croatia always goes with that checkered that checkered pattern, uh, kind of just with their flag, right, for right. their home jerseys. And to kind of incorporate that with a different color on the sleeve, I think it just looks clean. It just looks really nice. Okay. I, I feel – Veronica's like – I was going to say that, so I feel like – You are legit twinning me right now because like – Okay. You yeah. pick the same too? Okay. Exact same, yeah. And then, and then the Mexico's away jersey um, – so I also teach history, and I love the fact that they took some good uh, concepts, cultural concepts from Mexico and put it into this jersey, and I think that is such a sweet concept for a jersey. To, to mm -hmm. add the culture, just to do something with the culture mm -hmm. is so – like it just – you already are so into playing for your national team. And like that's where you like I feel like that's where every player wants to go is like I'm gonna play for my country and like have that passion and being able to wear it as a kit, I think just mm, And money. you're talking about the one that's like kind of a beigey or tannish white, right? Yes, yes. Oh yeah, that is real interesting actually. Mm -hmm. Like that and this is an Adidas kit too. Yes. Which which is awesome because you don't get the idea that it's ever that's a template by any means. No, and I think it's awesome. I think it's such – I like the color too. I like that it's not white. I like that it's like off-white, mm -hmm. more mm -hmm. like beigey. I like that idea. Looks good. Okay. <clears throat> Least yeah, favorite? There's... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. Go ahead, Ron. No, no, no. Go no, no, go ahead. I was going to say least favorite, anything that um, Nike produced. Okay. Yeah, but you I... like the Croatia kit though. Except for the Croatian kit. <laughs> <laughs> 
because uh, all the other ones uh, look copy and paste. Right. You do get that idea, like when you look at stuff like Japan and uh, and what is it? Japan's kit maybe has that sort of look to it. Like I didn't understand the concept of some of these other kits. Well, like uh, the Adidas ones, they're all they all kind of look copy and paste. But mm-hmm. like it's like Puma's. Like Puma looks like they just took the same template mm-hmm. and ran with an idea and tried to make it as cultural to whatever country that it is. Except Nike did the same thing. Right. Except worse. The thing <laughs> the thing I didn't like about the Puma kits though, I wasn't a fan of the box up front. Like I said this when I was on the protagonist podcast show. I said it just gives me like marathon oh, vibes, like Ghana's and uh, mm-hmm. who else is? I just saw this one. And didn't Senegal kind of? Um, I who, who else was it? I I saw that in a couple. There of was them. one that worked. I think it was Uruguay's. Ghana's looks okay. Switzerland gives me like Swiss the Swiss Swiss. Sorry. Like Swiss Army knife vibes, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. I swear, like it's it re- just makes me think about the little Swiss Army knife. Like, I I wonder if they give you one, like as like a a gift, you know? Because <laughs> it just has that vibe to it. Uh, Serbia's okay. That's kind of got a little flavor. Is that? It's like gold. Um, yeah, it's a little gold. It's not. It, they're it's, not terrible. It's not entirely <laughs> bad, right? Brazil's but... yellow kit is dope. I don't know. There's just something about it. I guess maybe it's just based on the classic one with, with like, um, was it Valderrama? Yeah. I mean, it's a cool kit. Like it was. It's. Oh, that's you know, got some like Jaguar print on it. I didn't even know. Yeah, when that. you get into that other one, it was cool. You know. Well, it's like almost the same print. I don't. The yellow right. one has a. It looks like a texture on it or a print. Right. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't Den- Denmark was wild. It's just white. Is that just me? Am I just seeing that? Or so, Denmark's kit is like white on white. Black I think that on was black. the one that was like just getting the rays for being super classy. Because it's clean. Is it, just, is it that just one? Looks, right? Yeah, it's just white. That's all it is. It's okay. Right, right, and the then black. it's got like a little bit darker white. Like you're almost going into gray. It just looks clean. Well, and yeah. the black one's black on black. It's murdered out. Like it looks, it's like Denmark. It's They should just call it like Den murdered out because it's like it's black on black, and then the red one is. They have a red one too. That's it's just the same thing. It's pure red. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fun the fact. Fr- the did you know one. this? Oh, go ahead. About the Canadian jersey, is that uh, Canada is using their previously designed jerseys because, um, from what I was reading, is that um, a lot of the World Cup kits uh-huh. are designed based on presumptions of teams making it to the world cup like you were going to get a new design four year four years ago presuming that mm-hmm. nike and puma and adidas have already pre-designed their stuff for teams and canada was not on that list yeah mm-hmm. and so they get their same jersey which is a shame because i thought canada had a really good run right to get there but uh the, belgium's giving me video game vibes with the flames on the sleeves. Which one? Belgium's red kit. Got some like 
old uh, Hot Wheels flames on the side. <laughs> yeah, it really. It, and low key, I'm not gonna lie. It, I I wouldn't be surprised if this didn't come to the USL as a Phoenix Rising kit. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if if they if if someone didn't already have that thought in the front office, like, ooh, I didn't know they had flames. Like, you know. and then Germany's away kit and Japan's home kit. Japan's kit is is pretty Look, crazy. Exactly. Uh, I like the design and I like the colors. I like their away kit. I like Japan's away kit. I yeah. like that yeah. like uh, 3D sleeves. Isn't France France's kit's pretty classic? If there was a kit that was ever classic, that's it. Like, is that that's yeah? A France with the blue, yeah. mm-hmm. like a classic Fra- French blue, blue yeah. and like some gold yellow or whatever. That's really it's real like golfy though. It's, really nice. yeah. it's real golfy. Like you know, I like, like that white jersey though. It's not bad. I like it. It's got like something in the. It's like all French. Texture. Oh, okay. I'm over here talking about Mexico's culture, and France has got their, they've their got culture. their, they've got their whole like monuments in there. Yeah, it's yeah. When you and they have right in on there, huh? Oh wow, yeah. it's not out. bad. It definitely like would be interesting nice during too. the day. Um, and then what do we got? Like, okay, so then let's talk Argentina though. Like That's flavor, because I'm going to tell you flavor of this, like. I do like the classic three stripe. That's nice, you know. Yeah. Some that's that's some some Maradona action, right? Yeah. But like that purple one. I don't know how I feel about the purple, but no. I like the design. Like I saw, was it what was it? Who was it? Was it like Messi who was just chilling in it? And I was like, hmm, perp's kind of nice, you know. But yeah, when you when you don't see him in it, you're like, hmm. That's just perpetrating. <laughs> I don't like that undershirt vibe that it has there with that little light purple thing running across the front. The, f- the flames are telling me Guy Fieri. Is that yeah. is that just me? No, that's uh, it. Feels like a shirt that he would wear. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, Wales, theirs is pretty classic too. I like that um, collar. Yeah, the uh, the one on the second one. Yes. The white one? Oh, yeah, that's a nice one. I like that color, too. You're right. Um, And, of course, we get to the USA kit. Mm, this one's been <laughs> memed hard on Twitter. like For, for good reason. Yeah, it does, it's kind of like gives you like a football vibe with the uh, with the, the piece on the side of the arms. Like, why? Like, I don't even when, know to start with this. When it got T, because somebody who messed up. I think it was Dick's Sporting Goods had messed up. And about a month ago, before we were looking at the hype for jerseys, had started hanging US, the white U.S. jerseys up in their store. Okay. And I think they were just prepping to sell them. And then everybody was like, wait, they haven't released the, the U.S. World Cup kit yet. What are these? And they were like, oh, well, we made a mistake. Oops, we shouldn't have put these up. And I just remember everybody going like, please, God, this better not be like they were posting the gif of um, from the office and Michael going, please, God, no. Like, like what a disappointment, they, though. You they know, look like, like they look like training like kids. Yeah, it's they like, don't okay. look like finished products. Yeah, it's like, OK, like the like I said, the thing on the side of the arms, like I'm like. And then, you know, it's got the swoosh and then the neckline, this, the thing that Australia also has too. So that doesn't make it any more unique, I guess, is the thing for me. That's the one thing because Australia has that same little 
Yeah. It's like a partial bib. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's that's what I think. I mean, I did see the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man GIF, GIF, or I said GIF, GIF, like, so I mean, you know, I know that's out there, but I just don't know what they were necessarily going for with this. Like this, this, this kit is going to be definitely the color of grass, like in these matches, you know. Um, the away, the the blue one to me, like this is channeling. Like, hey, we all got together last night and we tie dyed our jersey. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like this is like '90s grunge right here. Like you might as well make this thing black and orange. It's like it's like definitely in a pearl jam, pearl jam video, you know. It's the one that you wear to one of those old '90s '80s bands. And then you just got the logo concert. on it. Like this is nasty. I don't like this. Like it's just. It's just got I, the logo there. Like this feels like someone made the mock and they released it, and they're like, "Oh wait, I mean, let's pull it back." I have never been a fan of central badges, like down the middle badges. I think they look terrible. It just doesn't have. It just doesn't have like any sort of concepts. Like the two don't. You know, like what does that represent? I will tell you the only the only badge that I like in the middle is yeah. gonna be Germany. Cause like the rest of them just look. Bleh. Um. So then, uh, yeah, the Germany one, that red one. Not bad. That is that the one you were talking about? No, uh, they're traditional black, white, and black with the black stripe down the middle. Oh, it has, okay. a, it has the crest in the middle. Oh, yeah. I got you. I wonder how many, like, okay, like, I think it'd be really crazy if, like, a lot of these kits, like, without the badges, pop up in, like, FIFA 23. Probably. I think they were partnering. Oh, is it for, yeah, I think they were supposed to be partnering free DLC for FIFA. Hmm. What do you think about the, about Iran's? Like, like, it's like, uh, what do you think about that one? Uh, that brand is typically, it's not typically, typically a, uh, are they a rugby brand? Hmm. I don't know, actually. That Marathon? No, that's not Marathon. I think that's a rugby brand. Not that it matters, right. but, um. The, yeah, team kits or whatever it is. Yeah. Mm. I like it. Yeah, it seems pretty, you know, it's, it's probably very, like, I, I haven't seen their previous ones to know if this is, like, a step up or a step down. Um, we'll have to look that one up. I, I think it'd be interesting to see maybe like the team's kits over the last maybe two or three World Cups to the, like next to each other to see if maybe that's... You were talking offline, Patrick, about... Or I think maybe it wasn't... Were you talking about a tier? And we probably could... Oh, maybe, yeah, the tier list. Yeah, maybe it's either the tier list or it would be like, hey, like let's put the last three World Cups next to each other, and then we can properly really say, like, okay, are these kids better or worse in the scope of three? This is the worst U.S. one. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think about the England kit, then, for that matter? Um, I don't I like, like the, the colored blue. one. I, I don't like the blue on the red jersey. No? No. I'm not a big fan of that. It, it's again, it it channels like Nike Golf kind of vibe, you know? Like yeah, 
It looks like I'm about to go. I have a, I have a soccer game at eight and tea time at nine. <laughs> Netherlands kind of coming through with a little of that classic orange. Um, that first one, the orange, like I'm not gonna lie, like I mean, like you're probably not gonna catch anyone eating Cheetos in that. So no, it's like orange. Like it's nice though. I mean, I think I saw a picture of, and I might be mistaken, but. Uh, who's the is it Virgil from yeah. Liverpool? Is he, yeah. is he in the Netherlands? Uh, yes, he is. So, yeah, I saw a picture with him, uh, Van Dyke, leave it, Van, Van, yeah, Van Dyke. In, yeah, in the kit. And I was like, okay, orange kit's pretty flavor, you know. The yeah, hear, hear me out, okay. The U.S. blue kit mm-hmm. and the Netherlands orange kit is the exact tie dye that you were looking for. <laughs> this well this orange kit is like yeah it is <laughs> like i don't know it just seems real glossy right like like it's got some sheen to it it's real shiny um the other kit though conversely is like new york mets like it really channels those that color scheme so if you were a new york mets fan and you also were a fan of of Netherlands, you could probably rock those two together and it would be a, a good like color fit. You know what I mean? Definitely spruce up the uh the uh closet. Yeah, I like the Senegal one. I do like the first one. Um I think that's a that's a nice play. I wasn't a fan of the second one. It's still that same schematic going with you know, it's like it's a box on the front of it. Oh, I just, just that one just doesn't do it for me. Um, and then I know there's the Ecuador one. It's straight yellow. Um, well, they have three, so they have a white one and a blue one. I like those. They're clean from Marathon. Yeah. So there's that one. Um, and then, uh, so then I guess, so I'm, I'm on footy headlines when you said that you were also at some point, Patrick. Mm-hmm. So then the top one is the Quetar or Qatar uh, rather Qatar. Qatar. Yeah. Qatar. And they just have, I like the second one, that you, white one. Really? Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it's it. Kind, it's, it's different. Kind, I thought it was dirty or something. I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. That might be the big mistake somebody might tell you is that it looks kind of dirty. Like, bro, like you need to wash behind your ears, kind of. <laughs> it's just got, like you know. It's I mean, look, like I'm not trying to diss like the hosts' jerseys, but it's just I don't know. Like I don't personally like it. It just it it really is like someone like put something on a clean shirt. I'm concerned. I'd be concerned if it if it has that kind of vibe to it, you know, because it's like white and then that color. Mm. So, I mean, I guess like through all of that, um, like, is the U.S. kit really your least favorite, like or both of them, I mean, or or is something else buying or, or would you say that some of the plain template-like kits also are 
are t- are vying for the same sort of attention from you? Um, I think I'm just biased, and I really expected something cleaner for like the U.S. But, like, I don't know if they were trying to go with something simple because like we had like the jailbird ones, right? The or what did they call them? The um, the yeah the red and white striped ones the, oh uh, um was it the candy cane the candy cane ones yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the candy cane ones um we had all these outlandish ones that were kind of like pushing the button and everybody's like oh these are and at this point i'm like oh bring those back <laughs> <laughs> it's just i don't know i was expecting you to come out kind of flashy because this is supposed to be a year where like the u.s are gonna hopefully make some noise right right? Mm -hmm. and you give us like a training kit yeah it it, it, i you hope like you hope that this isn't it i mean we we know it is but you hope that maybe the walkout gear redeems what is on the pitch right and if they are doing so well Are we all gonna sit here and be like, "Oh, you know what? Actually, that blue kit looks kind of dope." <laughs> I hope so, because like you can't tell me because they're a Nike kit, right? So you can't tell me you didn't do anything cool or crazy or anything almost culturey. Because if you go to the what is it, the Saudi Arabian one? Yeah, those ones look nice, and those are Nike kits, right? So I don't know. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, right? So along the same lines of things coming out is FIFA 23. And I'm not going to lie. I did buy FIFA 22 and never opened it. Um, But uh, I was super stoked to buy it. I think it was really probably I was still uh, breathing in the fumes of Patrick's uh, E-Cup experience (laughs) when I first had him on, on the pod. And uh, I remember buying it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm all set. I'm gonna play it." And I was even probably gonna play Tyler Ortega too, and okay, and you know, and then I just kind of got busy. So it's just kind of chilling, like on in my room. But now here comes 23, and of course the urgency to get it because they're not making any more physical, or they're not making any more FIFA games, right? Because they're rebranding to rebranding EAFC. And so, therefore, you wonder what will it, what will happen after this year. So the game comes out, and I would assume we all want it. Has anyone bought it yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I th- I think this is the year that I take a break from FIFA. What? Yes, I think this is the year. Um. So being the the big video game person that I am, uh, I love playing the sports games. Um, however, it's the same thing that I took like last year with Madden. I didn't buy last year's Madden uh, because they just feel like rebranded games. Like they just feel that rebranded, copied and pasted games. Like they just okay. feel like you just took twenty two and put a twenty three now. <laughs> But wait, uh, do you know, like, it's a thing that, okay, like, so talking about that, right, that goes along the lines of NCAA football, right? Correct. Remember, 
it was good. And then they stopped it because of, you know, how much they, you know, because of the lawsuits that were, were pending, uh-huh. obviously, with them using player name and likeness and then not playing or paying players, right? But yeah. one of the really great things about the last uh, NCAA football to come out was that you could import the senior or export the senior class yes. into Madden, right? Yes. And that was great. That's what that's what I really loved about it. And and now we're hearing about the new NCAA football uh, as a segue, where you'll be able to have the transfer portal on the game. Which can't wait for it. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So then, going back to FIFA and and, and even what you're saying with Madden, I definitely understand the sentiment of like copy and paste, and I think maybe about five to 10 years ago, I thought, well, why don't they just like, I don't know, like just you bought the game and then they just have the, the updates. Oh, the roster updates. Right. And you just download that and any game mods from the internet. And then that's what you, that's what you have, right? Like, it's just like, it's like the way that you have the original Settlers of Catan game, and then you have all the different like expansion packs, right? That's basically all they've needed to do, correct? EA had come out, I want to say in like 2018, 2019, that they had said uh, that that was a possibility to not do an every year game, that they were looking at possibly doing a, a bi-yearly game. So every other year you would re- release new FIFA and essentially would hopefully be a lot better and you would just do roster updates in between those games and that you would just consistently help, uh, update it. Um, I know the biggest thing that a lot of people have an issue with, I think it's a cool little cool little thing for uh, our uh, Ted Lasso friends out there mm. uh, that, that they've added Ted Lasso and, what? Uh, and his team to fifa 23 are you kidding me i didn't know that no yeah yeah um so super awesome um they'll he'll he's he's there uh yeah you'll have to go check out the twitter Uh, wow there's a whole there's there's a whole video there's a whole like trailer for it it's pretty cool i think it's funny they bring a lot of people in like they bring in a lot of like uh i know rooney's in the trailer and stuff like that but a lot yeah. of people were upset that, like, I know at least in the USL community, were like, you could have poured money from your microtransactions from foot uh, into uh, possibly adding, like, the USL or or the NWSL or mm-hmm. any other – or adding any other more women's league because um, I remember they had added the international women's in your games prior or even adding the women's premier league or anything like that so okay yeah i was look i was trying to look up um some things about it something that really someone turned on to me today my friend keaton out in uh la because i was like hey like who has who has xbox and who had you know because i was trying to get some gamer tags right and so i was like um he was like, oh, you know, this year there's a full cross-platform play uh, for FIFA 23. And I'm like, dude, that's awesome. I mean, if this, sorry, this had to be the, the last year of the of the game, but cross-platform play is awesome. This means you can have more friends 
this time around playing FIFA with other people. Cause I, I was like, damn dude, what if everyone only has, you know, PS this year that I want to, you know, actually open the package and get in. Right. And, uh, and now I'm, now I know that I can have friends on both sides. Yes. All three sides. Uh, cause PC is available as well. Oh geez. Like that's awesome. Like, and then, like you said, uh, other things. Women's Super League was added. That's a cool feature. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, they There was a question here as to would the World Cup 2022 be in FIFA 23? Um, and it says both men's and women's World Cup will be featured in the game and will arrive as a free update at no cost. So that's really awesome. Um, I really do want to... Since I didn't play the last one, and I've really only watched people play FIFA because, you know, during that COVID era, it was like, hey, we're just going to sit on people's um, streamcasts and just watch them play, like, right. video games, right? And then someone like uh, Phil Bakke from Seriously Loco and from Hardcore Football is, like, on there doing, like, color commentary while people are playing, which was r- really cool, you know? And And so I guess I'm going to, like, get my experience. I'm going to open the game. I'm going to you know, play it. And then when I come back, you know, to the episode, you know, cause I think this comes out on the 30th of September. So then the episode after it, like, I'm going to have to give you guys a, uh, a full like rundown of, of how the, of how your games went. Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, I might even have to figure out, I don't have the Twitch set up, but I feel like I need to figure out how to like play a game with both of you. Like somehow like they're watching so i have a twitch account (laughs) oh nice nice i used to live stream back in the day okay okay (laughs) yeah i just i think it would be real cool to like have a hangout session you know you guys can watch me get worked hopefully i can you know (laughs) just play against the computer on a real like low level and no one will notice for a little while and you know because once i drop my gamer tag out there i feel like i'm gonna get spammed hard and everyone's going to be like, yo, let's play this guy. It's like totally a win. So so FIFA 23, I'm going to definitely get it. Um, I'm pretty sure Veronica will probably get it. Patrick says he's going to hold out. But, you know, I think we can get him to get it, though. <laughs> Best, Buy, Best Buy is selling Join it. Join us, Patrick. Join Best us. Buy is selling it for $59. And they give you a $10 Best Buy gift card. So, therefore... Well- you're getting money back too. I might. But you know, to to be fair, the same thing happened to me is that I bought the last one because I was supposed to play with somebody, and then that just never happened. So then it's kind of just collecting dust because I never even like. I, I will. It. Yeah. I will tell you that uh, I do have Game Pass. Okay, so and, you could okay, play. You and, and and I'm going to assume because most EA games come to Game Pass. Oh wait. Oh, so I, I don't have to buy it. You might not have to buy it as, as nor will okay. I. Because I have Game I, Pass too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, but it's not okay. as cool as owning a piece. Of, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but it's just collect like the box. You put it in the game, and then you it can repurpose the boxes. Come on, guys! You can repurpose things. <laughs> yeah, it's 2022. <laughs> you can. Um, you can put yeah. it on the wall. You can turn it into art. Put a frame around it. Make it look like it's cool. I don't know. Like there's, there's things and that. Then can you end be up done. like that person with like piles of stuff all over the place. 
I mean, you know, like as I as I push the boxes of pop figures, as I push the boxes to one side, <laughs> as I push them to the side. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's whatever. Like, you never know. One day you might like. Okay, we have twenty-two. I think it was Mbappe that was in that one, right? Yes. So I mean, I don't know. We're probably not going to meet him to get a signature, but you know, if you had the box, you could get it signed. I the only box that I still have was when Messi was on the case i want to say it was 2014 and i got the collector's edition so i have the steel case okay for my game i don't own the game anymore but i still have the steel case so not not entirely bad that's cool so then um so let's let's jump from here right definitely like i said like so FIFA 23 is coming out. If you're listening to this, if you got a game pass or you have the actual game, um, definitely look forward to a FIFA uh, post from us in the future. I'm definitely going to take you through the journey of, of buying the game, probably in clips and, uh, and opening it, opening it and, uh, and, and experiencing what is FIFA freedom. <laughs> And, uh, you know, and, and, and go through that and, uh, Hey, look, I'll play you, you know, I might give you a win or you might, we might draw, we'll see. But, um, you know, I think this is the, the adventure that, that we need for me. So, um, is there any, Hey, there really any... fast. Do you guys want an update on the, uh, on the I was, Phoenix? I was just oh yeah. This. Let's, let's get an update on that. They're tied three to three right now. Are you kidding me? Get out of mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it another PK? Is that what they're gonna just keep running with in this game? Because they already got two. Nope. Great curse got one. Mm-hmm. Jeez. I really do want Monterey to win this game, but then I know Phoenix could help us. And we'll talk more about that when we get into the weekly segment of this show. Um, that's a good spor- uh, scoring update, though. 3-3. Three, three, what, what, how far in the game is it? They're like into going into the 80th minute, okay. I believe, at this point, because that was like seven minutes ago. So, so uh, 80, just after the 84th minute. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it could be a, a tie. Okay. Um, so I was trying to scan Twitter to see if there was any latest USL news that we hadn't addressed. Um. Has anything come up that you guys have seen on the timeline that's like, oh, hey, this is like some new USL news? I mean, we already talked about the playoffs last week, and we're certainly going to get into what the picture looks like this week um, towards the end of the show. But um, the one thing I did see was that Energy FC, or uh, Oklahoma Energy FC, did renew the Taft Stadium lease. And if you remember with that, there were some renovations that were going to be happening. Um, and so there was just no way for them to get a waiver or anything to be able to play somewhere else. And I don't even know the full, you know, like so many other fans were like, you sure that you guys could play on the road? Because look at New Mexico, they played on the road the whole time. Like there's, there were probably other workarounds. I'm sure, like, I'm sure the league probably had already figured out that they were going to do what they were going to do. And so it probably just made it easier. And, you know, we don't know everything in the background, but um, anyways, energy is back. I didn't, uh, I'm clicking into this article because I hadn't read it fully other than just kind of seeing the headline. I thought, okay, hey, that's great. We're going to have one more 
team that's back and we don't know if we have any clubs that are folding at the end of the season we know that some of the uh two teams are leaving right so um it will probably still balance out the league um it just says here that they agreed to a multi-year extension um for the you know uh at taft stadium um it said that the uh the public schools is they're excited to continue their partnership with energy fc um and uh that's pretty much all that they really said in that article um and uh so that's the only thing that i see kind of out there so far uh for that um oh well there's probably one other thing okay so rapper g easy joins oakland roots and oakland souls ownership group did you see that i did not see that so he is joined so yeah that means you got to queue up a little g easy and uh you know and kind of enjoy it like they definitely got an interesting array of folks involved i mean obviously we know about um marshawn back in the day they got the cool oakland raiders um facility I don't know about Marsh. I don't know about Marshawn right now. But. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it just seems like it's definitely cool to see like rappers and 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 other entrepreneurs getting involved uh, with ownership of soccer. I think they're obviously seeing that beyond football and basketball, peel back the layers that there's definitely something to uh, to get involved with. Um, he says this he says there are not many things or places that have helped define me in my career more than the city that raised me what oakland roots and soul are doing for the people of the town and the community is truly one of a kind and something when asked to be a part of i had to jump in right away so that's what he says um what do you guys like? What do you guys think about that? Um, just just from your own your own perspectives. Uh, I uh, I like it. I like the uh, addition of some minority leaders into or oh, minority owners, sorry, um, into into these leagues where they just own that that small portion, or they are just contributors, uh, very similar to. Uh, LeBron and him buying his Liverpool, I believe, correct? Um, he has a he is oh, a partial, yeah. yes. he's a partial uh-huh. owner of Liverpool. Um, I like seeing those. I I definitely like seeing like um, like those go back to their huh, go back to their roots and um, <laughs> uh, and uh, pick up the hometown pieces and and help with that uh, kind of vibe. So. Um, I like I like that uh, he came back, and uh, put nice. his uh, put his put his money in a good spot. I okay. I like the roots. I think they're I think they're very similar to United in in their uh, mission outside of the game. Right on. And then here's here's another piece of news that dropped out too. So FC Harlem and United Soccer League have entered into a partnership. To create a new youth to pro pathway expanding the club's positive impact on the community through a usl academy team 
and future USL League One professional expansion franchise. FC Harlem Lions. Lions stands for leaders in our neighborhoods. That's dope. I want some merch right away. Um, has earned global recognition for its work with inner city youth and development of future leaders on and off the field through soccer. Um, FC Harlem was founded back in 1991. It's it's provided affordable soccer and off-field enrichment programs for more than 10,000 young people from undeserved, sorry, underserved, that's crazy, underserved (laughs) neighborhoods in Harlem, the Bronx, Washington Heights. Um, It's led by director Irv Smalls. FC Harlem has established itself as a valued member of its community. Um, And it was a exemplary alternative to traditional youth soccer models. So I'm sure definitely an aspect of that is, like I said, like it said in there, just, you know, an alternative, like definitely I'm sure financial equity becomes a thing. Right. And so, Um, Something they're doing with this partnership is they're launching Lions Pro Project, which will prepare youth of color from the inner city for professional careers in soccer, both on and off the field. So uh, this came out, if you want to read more of it, it came out on, well, today, the 21st, on the uh, United Soccer website or United Soccer League website. Um, And so it's there. Uh, definitely check that article out. That was pretty cool. I'm sure I will go back and I'm sure I will be trying to find a piece of merch because that was pretty sick. Uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and uh, okay. I, that, that looks like about the the bit of news right now. Oh, uh, I, I, I found some news. Oh, did you find something? I, I found some news. Uh, first, I was watching uh, Monterey gets a PK in the 90th minute Whoa. and skied it. Oh. Wow. Uh, that it looks, it looks like there there's about a minute left in stoppage time, so oh. this one is probably gonna end in a three three draw. Just had another good opportunity, but uh, wasn't expecting that across to come in. So mm. looks it's like a check. three th- looks like a three three draw. Looks like they're gonna blow the whistle any moment, huh? Mm-hmm. We got about mm. yeah about a minute left in stoppage. Wow. Time. Ah, but the news that I found. Okay. Uh, San Antonio FC will be also competing in the next Summer Olympics in diving. <laughs> Do tell. Uh, wow. Yeah, yes. Uh, that was just my humble nod to further conversations. <laughs> yes, we will certainly talk about the shenanigans that was San Antonio um, later into this episode. Um, so let's go to a break. And when we come back, uh, you will have Patrick and myself, Chris Walker, talking about the Enchanted Eleven. He'll go, 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 go. And we're back from break. And so now we are kicking into the special segment. Again, kind of an extra for you uh, listeners who enjoy the New Mexico soccer on both professional and collegiate levels. This is the Enchanted 11. Um, It is myself, Chris Walker, and of course, my co-host, Patrick Baca. 
And we're back to talk about what is happening with women's college soccer in New Mexico. And of course, we are, uh, again, doing the Enchanted 11. These repres- the schools represented are UNM, uh, University of New Mexico, uh, New Mexico State, Eastern New Mexico, and New Mexico Highlands. And we have been watching these games uh, all from the beginning of non-conference play. And of course, now as the teams have some have begun conference play, others are are uh, are about to begin it. Um, this week's episode, we will be previewing. Uh, the schedules for these teams, as well as kind of pointing out some matches that we think are deciding matches. And we'll have a little bit more conversation about some other things that we want to offer um, for the Enchanted 11th. We appreciate you checking this out. Certainly engage with us on Twitter at Seek and Strike NM. Um, and feel free to submit questions or maybe even people you would like for us to get on the show or interview or anything along those lines. So uh, we definitely want to give a special shout out to all of those Aggie up fans down in Las Cruces. Thanks for engaging with us this week as Patrick here is wearing an Aggie shirt. He definitely is. So Always. let's kick it off. So uh, let's talk. We're talking uh, the week of uh, September 12th to the 20th and um, I know, for instance, New Mexico Lobos had—they've been off for about a week and a half. Uh, they will be kicking up their conference opener tomorrow. This is currently Wednesday, so on the twenty-second, they will be playing Wyoming uh, Cowgirls, and they—this—they're playing in the Mountain West Conference now. Uh, the Lobos play with other teams. Uh, if you're not familiar with the Mountain West Conference, they play with other teams from California, Idaho, Utah, Wyoming, and Nevada. Um, they won the Mountain West Conference last year, and they're predicted to win the conference again. Um, uh, one of the one of the huge honors coming into the season was that uh, uh, senior midfielder Jaden Edwards was named to the 2022 Herman trophy uh watch list as the united as one of the players on the united soccer coaches 60 player list it's the she's the first person in program history to be nominated uh definitely wanted to talk about her a little bit as she uh, man to watch Jaden edwards on the pitch she is just free-flowing um think about your favorite nba basketball player um or WNBA basketball player for that matter and then there's Jaden Edwards. She is, uh, she is able to dominate the, the the match on either the offensive side or the defensive side. Uh, she's clever with shot selection. Here is someone who steps on the ball and spins, uh, can shoot the ball when she is falling on a fadeaway. I mean, it is just like poetry in motion. So, uh, the Herman Trophy is presented annually by the Missouri Athletic Club is the nation's highest individual honor recognizing the national player of the year as determined by the voting division one coaches who are members of United soccer coaches. So this is an extreme honor um, as we've talked about already uh, on segments of the enchanted 11. We know from head coach Heather Dyke that Jane Edwards is having fun this year, baby. 
she, this is her fun season. She is just going for it. So uh, it is definitely going to be interesting to see um, how this conference season play goes for Jaden Edwards, um, but also for the Lobos. And so kicking this off a little bit, uh, as I said, they are predicted to win the conference again. Um, prior to the Lobos really emerging in the last couple of seasons, it had really been uh, the conference had really been kind of run by San Diego State, UNLV, and Boise State um, as front runners. So now this season is definitely going to be interesting to see um, where these teams fare. Uh, so kind of kicking off this season preview for the Lobos, on the 22nd, as I said, they're playing the Wyoming Cowgirls. This is an away match. They're playing Colorado State. This will be a home match uh, in New Mexico. They play Air Force away. Uh, they play Colorado College. Uh, this is one I'm really looking forward to just because when they played them previous season, this is where, man, they really were able to kind of put on like a barrage of goals in the match. But Colorado College definitely, um, what they offered was, I think they had like a kind of a height advantage uh, on the Lobo. So I remember them playing that and it was just, there was that aspect. There was a little bit of a physicality. So I think Colorado College is definitely going to be an interesting one to I circle. Uh, they play Fresno State, home in Albuquerque. Um, I have this as a key match, San Jose State. Uh, San Jose State actually got a win on the Lobos last year. Um, and so to me, like I remember uh, this being a match where um, in previous seasons, San Jose State was kind of the one match the Lobos needed to win uh, in the tournament and they weren't able to. And so San Jose State obviously is going to be, I think, a tougher match. UNLV will be home in Albuquerque. Uh, Nevada, uh, we've actually seen. We've had the pleasure of seeing Nevada as they played uh, the New Mexico State Aggies. We did see that uh, they were definitely a team that was good with their foot or feet work, footwork, uh, fast, very physical. Uh, we know what that match looked like with the Aggies. Or the Aggies definitely did um, – uh, they definitely did do a number on Nevada. I am interested to see how it translates to uh, the Lobos, though. So that will definitely be one that I'm real speculative of. Uh, Boise State will be away. Um, I think that that will be a tough match because that will be obviously in Boise. Um, and that, you know, they are kind of emerging again as maybe a team to look, look out for. Utah State. If you did not catch the Lobo season in 2021, this is one where they have gone to two overtimes in each of the matches they played. One they tied. The second one uh, was uh, basically a golden goal win in overtime for the Lobos. But it was this was a tough one. And I do think uh, Utah State um, will be a force to reckon with this year. Uh Lastly, San Diego State. This is going to be in Albuquerque. This is probably the best place that this match could be. Um, San Diego State is definitely a very athletic, very physical team. Um, we know they came here last year. They played the, uh, the final match um, in Albuquerque, and it was definitely one that went into overtime. And, uh, you know, and ultimately the Lobos were able to win it, but uh, they won't be an easy team. And so, the Lobos will also host the Mountain West Tournament after, because they won the tournament last year. Um, and so that will be a treat for folks in New Mexico to have. Now, um, 
that is the season preview for uh new mexico lobos as far as the mountain west conference goes and uh patrick you got us for the preview for new mexico state aggies correct yes i do so we've already got two games that uh have already gone through for the aggies for their uh whack play they've started off um on i guess you could call even footing two draws for the aggies in their two games um Utah Valley ending up in a 1-1 draw uh, at home. And then also getting Seattle U, which uh, was stopped a little past the midway point uh, because of some some nasty weather that came on by. Uh, but they finished the game on Monday morning, which also ended in a 1-1 draw. Um, for the Aggies, I think they took a lot. Good. A good note. One of the things that we talked about, Chris, last week was that the Aggies needed to circle Utah Valley, the top dog, the one that was expected to win the conference this year. Um, uh, circle that one. That's your first whack game, your first home game. Uh, and uh, I thought they performed well. They had they. Uh, I thought they played the game really well and controlled the ball really well against a very good uh, Utah Valley team. Um, and then, uh, battling back and picking up that, uh, that goal, uh, to, to nod it at one. So, um, uh, it seemed like, uh, uh, the Aggies had a little, a lot of good opportunities to, uh, capitalize that game, maybe even come away with the three points. Um, but, uh, Bianca Chacon comes in with that, uh, 70th minute equalizer of a banger, uh, to, send Las Cruces into a frenzy. Um, so uh, that puts Chacon, uh, I believe, conference-leading scorer right now at four. Um, and uh, looking to capitalize on that. Uh, Hernandez is also going to get... Uh, Talia Hernandez is going to pick up the assist on that one. Um, and She's been just... Uh, she's been just dishing apples everywhere. And she also... Uh, is uh, conference leading. Uh, oh no, third most conference assists um, while ranking sixth in assists per game. And so, like you said, dishing them out everywhere. So uh, that's pretty good. Uh, Seattle, I, Seattle game was interesting though because you you got the f- feeling if the match had con- had continued. Uh, perhaps it was going to be Fergie time, quote unquote, right? Like they were going to have to treat that late last 20 minutes as a time to really kind of find a goal, right? I mean. Uh, That game very much felt like it was going to just take one. I don't know if the, um, the Aggies really have put in a lot of good, uh, good opportunities, but this was a game where, conference play comes this is where conference play in a game that you probably if you're the aggies you probably should be picking up three points here i don't think this is a team that you um are are giving are losing out on two points um walking away with one it's not disappointing but it's not the way that the aggies have been playing this year that you should have walked away with three points Let's controversial drop ball 
which made it really interesting because I thought sporadic last 10 minutes or so. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting the Aggies to go ahead and take that one, one nil. I wasn't expecting all of a sudden a handball to be, you know, or the thing to be right to where then all of a sudden there was this really complicated 10 foot walk off with the ref. Like Mm -hmm. he counted it once and then all of a sudden he counted it a second time and they were back further the second time. And I mean, I'm like, what were you counting off of? Like holding the ball in your hand or like, like, you know, like it was just really strange. It was an odd couple of minutes. I thought, I thought to myself like, okay, well this is probably going to like negatively impact the Aggies because nothing was for sure. Um, it definitely, <laughs> I think that kind of threw him off. And maybe, let's be honest, maybe the rain kind of threw off the referee. Um, because let's let's go back to the just the Sunday portion of the game, right? Right. Uh, we just, I think it was, what, five minutes into the second half was when they delayed it, if, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you're right. Uh-huh. About five minutes. So essentially playing a whole half the day after. But the first game, the first portion of the game on Sunday was just uh, an, an unstoppable force meets an immovable object type thing. Like neither team really wanted to budge defensively, right? And, uh, uh, and that's and that's what I was kind of alluding to is that if you're Seattle, that's good. That's good news for you because they got and, rest and they got rest. And it so was like I, playing the first half all over for them. Yeah, and I think in the second one when. Uh, Gia gets her her first goal of the season or her first career goal with right. the Aggies. Um, I think it really was like I was expecting the same thing. I said, "Okay, one nil. That's all you got to do. Walk away, take three points, be happy with it." Rain delay is gonna mess up everybody, but it's a hard excuse to use, right? Because Seattle still has to go to the hotel and come back in the morning, right? And, right. It affects everybody, um, but. Uh, I that game felt very much the second half felt more open for the Aggies. It felt like they had a little bit more opportunities, more pep in their step. Like they were okay. Maybe yeah, we should go win this. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. It felt like it was like, well, we didn't come out explosive the first day, but we know that why because it was very defensive, right? Yeah. But they got basically a day to go hey let's now come out and let's find that goal like Mm -hmm. you know we know what they look like they're probably not going to change their strategy over 24 hours right like it's just what it is and they came out and obviously we're on the front foot i just think that 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 eventual equalizer was it was conditional to the complication that happened. I really don't know if Seattle, you had, if they had a goal in them really coming other than that situation being what it was. Cause it just, you know, for the most part, you don't really see these things happen in, in collegiate soccer. It's, you know, like it's, it's a little cleaner, you know what I mean? But when it happened, it was like, Oh, okay. Like this is, my honest, my honest reaction is like, okay, this is going to definitely turn into a goal somehow, or, you know, this is unfortunate for them, but you know, two different dynamics were working, you know, Seattle was, and it was, was energized. It was for a first half. They're probably a first half type of team. And 
and we know that the Aggies are being marketed as a 90-minute team. And so, you know, had the Aggies gone down a goal, I'm pretty sure they would have found a, a first one. And I, I think that they would have definitely been looking for that second one because that's just what they've shown us. And I think that – I don't think that the, you can really – for them, I don't think you can really put yourselves in a position and say, yeah, we lost this one because of the weird last 10 minutes type mm, yeah. thing. And so – um I mean, we're going to look back to this game, though, when it is. Yes, I was, that's what I was going to bring up. Is this game going to be a reason why? Because, like, let's be honest, at the beginning of the preseason, I think we said the Aggies were selected fifth to finish fifth in the WAC. Right. That means that means you're playing a first round game in the WAC tournament. And so is this one point? the dropping of two points going to be the difference between a two and a three seed. Right. Because well, it's starting to look like that if you're looking at all the other teams. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they're sharing some points with certain teams. So that now there's a tiebreaker, not a bad tiebreaker to have with Utah Valley, if you can do your part with the rest of the teams. But, Correct. you know, I mean, the further you get down, you don't want to keep splitting points because it's just going to be really hard to climb out of that correct and Um, and for and for the aggies going forward um you've got some interesting games coming up because grand canyon dropped their first whack game uh to a cal baptist team i didn't get a chance i'm gonna have to go back and look at watch that game and kind of kind of what happened because i wasn't expecting cal baptist to be um a thorn in anybody's side right uh, it was going to be finish middle of the table, get into the WAC tournament, and and see what you can do from there. But for Grand Canyon to drop their first their first WAC game is um, a little bit of a shocker. So um, I still think for the Aggies moving forward that that's a game that you circle um, and say, okay, we've had struggles with Grand Canyon in years past. Uh, they knocked us out a couple of years ago from the WAC tournament. Um, that we lost in a t- pretty tight one last year in a one nil draw or a one nil loss. Uh, that's still, and then as much as Aggie fans don't like to admit Grand Canyon being a rival, um, <laughs> uh, you know, there's still that aspect to it as long as the Aggies maintain. Because keep in mind, this is the last year that the Aggies will be in the whack. That's right. And so moving forward, Grand Canyon is still on that list. And now I said it when we first previewed the whack is that Southern Utah is going to be that game uh, that uh, you circle. It looks like they are showing up and playing tough, and they're playing strong. They are 2-0 and in WAC. They have all six points moving forward and all the momentum. And that is going to be your last home game for the Aggies before you go on a four-road game stint to finish wow. out WAC, WAC play. So uh, Southern Utah, October 7th, that's uh, last home game. Uh, and possibly – possibly needing to have those three points to keep yourself uh, in the top three committee. Okay. Well, uh, I've got the uh, season preview for Eastern New Mexico, uh, Eastern New Mexico Greyhounds down in Portales, uh, New Mexico. Uh, they are playing in the Lone Star Conference. This is a NCAA Division II conference. Uh, they service the southwestern region Uh, the other schools in the conference are from texas oklahoma arkansas 
And I was reading, and I don't think this doesn't really apply for soccer, but I was reading that they also have schools in the conference from Oregon, Washington, and the cool. Canadian Provi Providence, uh, British Columbia as well, probably for like football and such. Huh. Um, so they have a nice little little conference. Um, as I looked more into it, Eastern New Mexico was not projected to finish in the top 10. Um, so there's already that sort of adversity. Um, I think that's going to make for a good storyline. Um, the last three seasons, um, uh, the last three seasons, Denver, Denver, Den, Den, is it Denver? Let me see here. I'm drawing a, let me see. The DBU's throw me off for a minute. <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. And of course, everything would say just DBU on it. Um, that's going to drive me nuts. Let's see here. Oh, okay. Dallas Baptist. There you go. So Dallas Baptist University. Uh, man, you know, it's funny. I was like, oh, what's DBU, DBU? Okay, so Dallas Baptist University is projected to uh, ultimately take the conference again this year. The last three seasons, Dallas Baptist has been a conference winner. They did share honors with Angelo State uh, in the uh, spring 2021 season, as they call it. We know that was the uh, COVID 2020 season that got pushed into the spring. Uh, so they did share honors. Um, Angelo State is currently ranked 25 on the United Soccer Coaches Division II rankings, but I will also say that Dallas Baptist is ranked number one. Um, so of of the conference, uh, those two teams are sitting top and bottom. Currently, as of uh, this past Tuesday, the 20th, um, and on this on this schedule for Eastern New Mexico, and I guess we'll just, just talk a little bit about them. Um, Eastern New Mexico definitely has had uh, their challenges uh, in non-conference play. You know, they did get two wins, but they, uh, for the most part, I think we're trying to really dial in with the new head coach, Eric Belcher, uh, who comes to them. And, you know, looking at previous seasons for Eastern New Mexico last season, they didn't win any conference games. They were, um, they were 0-10 and 2, so they tied, they drew 2. Um, and in previous seasons, um, they definitely have seemed to struggle to be a very bottom-of-the-table team. Uh, maybe more into like the 2013-14 um, the era uh, was where you saw Eastern New Mexico winning like 5-6 matches. So, you know, obviously it's it's been some time since there was winning ways for this team. So they are certainly kind of starting from square one again, looking for for some wins. And so looking at their schedule, um, <clears throat> they have already played uh, in conference Midwestern State. Uh, they played them. It was a, a nil three loss. Uh, Midwestern State was projected fourth as a finish. Um, and they also played St. Edwards. Um, which they also lost nil three. They were uh, St. Edwards is a projected seventh finish. Now, coming up, obviously on their schedule, they did play uh, Texas Women's today, but we'll talk about that match on the next episode of uh, the Enchanted Eleven. But they do play Texas Women's, who's projected fifth, 
They play Angelo State. Got to say this because I saw it and I thought about it, but Angelo State has some L.A. Rams vibes. Like, if you yeah. haven't seen their logo, it literally is like the Rams logo sitting on top of the U and the ASU. Um, and uh, so they are projected third in the conference. Now, they, again, like I said, um, definitely a team that has had some winning ways and has been a conference winner in previous seasons. So this year so far, it looks like Angelo State is really trying to make a case uh, to be on top again. Uh, St. Mary's is a team that they'll play on uh, their projected sixth finish. Oklahoma Christians project, projected 10th. Uh, Texas A&M International, uh, they'll play them. They'll also play uh, this University of Texas Par- Par- Permian Basin or Basin. So they'll play them. And of course, games that I think are key. Obviously, Angelo State is key. Um, now going forward to Dallas Baptist U, uh, that's a key match. They'll play them on October 15th. Uh, of course, like I said, Dallas Baptist, Lone Star champion. They were they, they went to the semifinals of the Division II National Championship. They lost to St. Rose, and they um, went 12-1 and in conference play. Um, Eastern New Mexico will also play West Texas A&M, projected to finish third. They'll play Lubbock Christian, which we have seen Lubbock Christian as they have played New Mexico Highlands. Uh, so we have got a little bit of taste of the play. I believe that was the uh, 5-0 match, um, the 5-0 uh, loss for Highlands that we saw. Um, they're projected to finish uh, eighth in conference. And then lastly, they'll play uh, University of Texas Tyler, projected ninth. Um, so if you think about it, Eastern New Mexico will play the majority of teams that are projected to finish um in the top 10 in conference. Now, to me, this sets up a great storyline for Eric Belcher and the Greyhounds because they have an opportunity really to um, to win, win, out, win all, win many of these matches. They have an opportunity yeah. to um, kind of, I think, maybe set a new, um, a new, how would you say, like, if they were, they were projected to not finish top 10, based on last season losing all their matches and only drawing two, they have a chance to really change people's minds about the school. And I think, honestly, set a new standard. Right. And get into the conversation is what we're trying to say. And so, um, and and I believe they're going to get that opportunity. Of course, we'll talk more, obviously, about, um, about what their conference play looks like beyond what they've already had. Um, in the coming episodes, but um, I'm real interested in that. And we, you and I, we talked about this last week on the episode about possible storylines uh, for for these different college teams. And I think that for Eastern New Mexico, it's going to be, hey, you know what? We didn't win any matches last year, and we have a chance to turn around and really give some of these teams a run uh, for the record. I am spec- I am particularly interested in the Angelo State Dallas Baptist matches for this. Um, we can call them key matches. I you know, I mean I think that any of the matches on the schedule are key matches for them right now because they need to turn around a record that wasn't very wasn't very conducive, right? So uh, it's I think it's a it's a fresh new slate. I'm sure they're looking at it that way. 
and uh, it's going to be exciting to see this team play. But that's what I have uh, for for Eastern New Mexico, and you have got uh, New Mexico Highlands. I do. Um, Highlands uh, currently uh, play in the Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference. Um, is a Division Two uh, NCAA Division Two uh, conference, um, and most of these schools uh, <coughs> exist in Colorado. But <laughs> 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 uh, probably all of these schools. Let's be honest. Um, no, most of these schools uh, exist within Colorado, but they follow the Rocky Mountain line. I guess you would put it so. Perfect to sit on for uh, Highlands. Unfortunately, they they've also started uh, their RMAC play uh, with uh, open up with Regis on um, homecoming night slash week, where coincidentally uh, Highlands played three homecoming games wow. from different sports: uh, volleyball, football, and soccer. All played on the same day, I believe. I believe it was the same day. So yeah, you're right. Um, it was the same. Mm-hmm. It, so a fun packed day for all our friends out in Las Vegas. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed your homecoming. I hope you guys had a great homecoming. Um, but they opened up with Regis with a four nil loss, and then they played Colorado School of the Mines, um, where they fell to two nil in that one. Um, I think for Highlands they've. Uh, like we were talking about last week was that we had you were saying Chris that uh, they had an opportunity to really shock some people uh, and uh, I don't think we've gotten to that point yet but they have played a lot cleaner <clears throat> uh, right. I, I think the the unfortunate thing for um, for Highlands is that um, to win games you need to score and um, <clears throat> and it's like we've been saying for the for the first couple of times that we've been covering Highlands is their inability to score is obviously keeping them out of games, um, and it doesn't seem like there has been a fix to it. Um, but the Colorado School of the Mines they definitely had more opportunities. It seemed like they played a lot better of a game. Um, I want to say they put up a lot of good shots uh, in total. Uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Not this one. This was a more different one. Um, three to ten in this one, um, but uh, had other opportunities elsewhere. I think they played it a lot cleaner game defensively. A few yellow cards coming out, but um, nothing too crazy. Uh, I think yeah, there it, is still more opportunities out there. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, um, it it was a. I think thinking about Regis and then thinking about the second one, it's like it was cleaner from the standpoint that they were able to figure out maybe how to not give so many goals away. Um, They still obviously dominate on the trap. And I believe the goals that um, I escaped a Colorado school to mine scored on, they were from out. This, they were from distance. Uh, one was a corner yeah. kick that I believe was converted in, and the other was like kind of like a rope from uh, from outside. Like it might have been uh, outside the eighteen, at least maybe like twenty ish yards out. I feel like was correct. It was kind of a banger that I remember being like I thought about because it, it 
it went in and I was like, damn, I had to watch this again. And, um, and, and that's because they aren't being allowed to get inside the 18, mm-hmm. you know, and you kind of wonder this, like, honestly, it's a great strategy, but they're not able to kind of figure out how to stop those long shots. Like, and they really get in some teams that shoot. Do you think that, and this is kind of an introspective question, but do you think that, that head coach, uh, Bianca Garcia, do you think she goes, you know what? No, no, we're not going to set the trap this week. We're going to let them come in. You know, maybe we'll set it like somewhere inside, like just outside the six, you know, like, but she like lets them maybe come in a little bit more just because she's going to have to beef up the defense around that area. And then because they come in in numbers, she's just going to have to try to really work on her transition game because like something has to give. If they're taking shots from out there, then when it gets called every single time, place play stops it changes mm-hmm. like you know what i mean and that interruption of play doesn't necessarily lead to transition or counters too fast for them i think i don't think she strays away from defensively because it looks like i mean yes scoreline wise uh you're losing games but uh let's go we can go back to the eastern new mexico game right right where uh-huh. uh, where the offside trap really really worked for them and even in the um in the northwestern oklahoma state university game it, it, it had worked out for them a little bit uh, i don't think she strays away from that plan defensively but i think that she does need to find a new plan um to get some goals to get some goals you you have to find something and and i'm i'm sure she's It'll come to her in the middle of the night, probably, about what's going to work. Um, and uh, I think not just her and her coaching staff, but I think the players understand, too. Like, hey, the only way you win games is by scoring goals. And Highlands have good opportunities to win games. They they should have won a game at some point by now where they've been in uh, <laughs> been in dogfights like in the Eastern New Mexico game. Right. <laughs> told you I working like on the like it. Working on I like it. it worked it worked. Uh, it um, worked. um where you possibly should have walked away as a winner in that game or or even um in some of these other ones where you kind of let it go a little too far right um i think their best opportunities are coming up uh the armac doesn't seem like it's a very strong conference outside of the top four um right. uh and I know the uh, goal, uh, the goal scoring. Of, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I just know that when you go down like one or two goals, that probably is, that probably k- kind of kills the morale a little bit because they just haven't scored. Right. So it's like, they're like, oh, oh man, we're already down two. Like, you know, I mean, I haven't even thought about what their, what their GA is, right? Their goals, goals allowed. I'm sure it's, they're, it's probably like at least two, if not three. It, it's some the average is probably somewhere in there, um, as far as what they allow in. And but I mean, the majority of the goals are being scored from outside, from like at least from the eighteen. So, hey, you they know, are, they are one in twenty-two, so differential of twenty-one. Okay, so minus I mean, minus twenty-one. Jeez, yeah. So like, I mean, really, the goals are being scored from at least the top of the eighteen. Mm-hmm. 
or the they're moment. getting in right and we'll that's what in. we saw from the shamanade game the shamanade yep. game too right was what four goals beat the trap and, and then that's where we kind of start to see the the trap uh work a, a little bit better and i right. i think it i it think did. that's her best yeah, spot looks... right now is that that's your shining point is that your defense is playing a lot better your midfield is probably getting into better positions now where do you like you said where do you find the transition game right. going forward right because you can win in two third two of the three third or two of the thirds right i have that right i'm not a yeah. math expert history yeah, you're right uh, two of the thirds right but the one that counts the most uh is the one that wins your games and you're not getting into that position very often and or you are and you're not making uh too many of the good opportunities like um the colorado the school of the mines was good because they the three the three or four shots that they did get off i thought there was more i feel like that number is undercutting uh they they were on target they were considered shots on goal so right. they were looking at five shots right and three of three or four of them were on target that's good news that's that's what you want to see now you just got to find a way to get it to the back of the net and you have to create more opportunities but if you're getting out shot like that that just means that there's not opportunities being created or you're taking ill-advised opportunities right i think i think one of those shots you talk about was off the off the woodwork if I'm yes oh, yeah so. it was, came off the came off the crossbar and i think it was from inside the box too i want to say but i don't remember if but bury your opportunities and i think they'll be okay i think moving forward they've got some interesting games going forward fort lewis college coming up on friday um uh and we got to see them when they played against eastern and we got to see them so a good opportunity for them one in six i believe their record is like i was saying they are back outside the top four doesn't seem very strong um I was I had to look at the RMAC uh, conference tournament how they do their seating against the top eight teams. Um, Highlands was expected to finish at the bottom of the table in the RMAC. Um, they finished in the last four years. I want to say it's last four years. It's only four wins in conference play. Yeah. So uh, I think this is a good opportunity where a lot of the teams that you have coming up finished non-conference play one and four one and five one and six right you're the only team on the in the armac that hasn't won yet so you're due for one right so exactly. uh, your, your opportunities are coming up fort lewis um western colorado i believe was the, western colorado is the one that i circled um that's the one win that they picked up in conference last year um so uh they're one and one right now uh, in the three and four, three, four, one overall record. Um, but uh, Colorado Christian also coming up. Uh, so you have Fort Lewis College and Colorado Christian both with a one and six overall record and 0 and two in conference play. Um, good opportunities if you're Highlands that if you are going to score goals, better to score them now because you still have a long, a long conference schedule to play. Um, and there's no panic button, but uh, you got to score. I think you just have to score at this point. Yeah. Um, I think if you go into Fort Lewis and you lose 2-1, I think that's good, positive going forward. You just have to score. You If you're negative 21, 
in the gold differential for your so far that's that's got to be the that's got to be the talking point right yeah that's right so but i think they're in a good spot um so uh fort lewis colorado christian and then i have western colorado university as the circled one and i also have the university of colorado at colorado springs now that is a mouthful of a name to say. <laughs> uh, so UCCS is what they have on the standings. Expected to finish first. They finished first the last three years. Wow. Okay. Um, uh, expected to win the RMAC. I have that one circled again because that is a limit test game. If you are Highlands, how many? Um, what are you going to be thrown at, and how are you going to respond? Okay. So that wraps up their schedule, right? Uh, their schedule for will end with Adams State University okay. in there. So they got Fort Lewis, Colorado Christian, Western Colorado University, Mo- Metropolitan State University of Denver, okay. Black Black Hill State. Uh, then they travel to or then they'll come back home uh, and play UCCS. Then another home game with Colorado State University at Pueblo, and then they'll finish up away on the road against Westminster, Colorado Mesa, and then Adams State University. Mm. Okay. Well, and we've seen a couple of those teams, so that's that's good. We'll definitely be interested. I think it'll be interesting to, to see how they play and uh, and knowing what we already know about them. So that that's awesome. Um, so then that will wrap up our regular season preview, obviously, for the four uh, colleges. And in the next episode, we'll probably dial a little bit more into – uh, players on the roster uh, that we have been uh, following thus far, just to kind of kind of um, give you some some focal points when you're watching the games, and that kind of took us into this next part of this this segment, which was uh, offensive and defensive player of the weeks, and we know that each conference will usually highlight an offensive and defensive player of the week and I think also kind of a freshman of the week as well as a new category that I've seen the Mountain West Conference do. Um, and and one thing that, you know, me and Patrick have talked about is like developing a point system. Like, yes, like we know that the colleges cover or they they track the stats of goals, assists, game-winning goals, shot, shots on goals. And also what else do they track? Uh, I think they will talk about they'll track minutes as well and use that as like a point saves for the goalkeeper, right? And but when it comes to the defensive player of the week, um, they don't have really any categories uh, to track the player, and so we just had the idea of like, well, we're watching these games, like you know, can we unofficially track tackles or clearances, or you know, can we offer a little bit more? in that column than just saying uh, Landy Williams of uh, New Mexico State um, is a member of this shutdown island, and so she should get recognized. Like, I would love to be able to just say, hey, look, this is what she did in Utah Valley. You know, she had 10 tackles and, you know, like five clearances. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Mm -hmm. And so, like, and so – I just think it would it would really add to the value. We know that you know officially none of the institutions are tracking it, nor are 
is the NCAA, but you know, if I could, if I could hope for anything, it's that they would, you know, hire a couple extra people just to pay attention to what's happening in the defensive third. What's your take on it? Excuse me, it's sneezing. <laughs> um, I'm excited. That's something fun to do. All right. Um, definitely look at uh, some of the one of the ones that I like. Uh, for that doesn't really get talked about uh, on the offensive side is opportunities created. Like Ooh, yes, chance have, creation. Yes, chance creation. Uh, and it's not so much like right, not so much assists, not so much, but uh, how how almost how they do it uh, in hockey, right? The second assist they always name the second assist. Because, right. Um, the chance creation is also one of my favorites because I think um, just looking at kind of what we were talking about for Highlands. Like, let's who's going to be that one that's going to create the chance? Who's going to be the one that's going to create those chances? And then um, we look at like the UNM side and the NMSU side. Do you have uh, Jitalia Hernandez that already has her name in the in the door about assists already in general? So how much of that are we looking at opportunities? Where is she the second assist in most of the goals that the Aggies have scored? Right, and so right. Um, uh, developing chance- a point system too that we right. can that we can ultimately use from, from week to week as we're talking about these players. So it's something that we're still working on uh, for the Enchanted 11. Um, I think it'll be fun, like you said. And uh, and that leads us to this next category. We've been kind of soft teasing it a little bit on Twitter, but uh, the Enchanted 11 goal of the month. Now, when we really, when I really first thought about it, I was like, oh, goal of the week. We might not be able to get bangers. Like, it may not be too crazy. We're only tracking four schools. So we kind of opened it up to the month and I got to say, Patrick, I mean, in the last week, week, week and a half, uh, we've seen like three to four bangers between uh, New Mexico and New Mexico state. I'm feeling real good about this goal of the month thing. What are you thinking? Uh, We have some absolute bangers and I'm so excited to talk about them because I know me and you are going to be uh, definitely in some, great conversation about who's deserving i already know for for the both for unm and nmsu the last couple of goals Yeesh. let's talk I mean, about some bangers and i mean how do we i mean i know we still got to get into it we're going to do a twitter poll we're going to we're definitely going to want to you know give a little of uh buying power to uh those supporters out there who are supporting the teams but i mean Mm, do you think at some point, like someone who's like, you know, diehard Aggie is going to have to say that, like, maybe the Lobo player or, you know, Eastern New Mexico player, like, really did kind of have an astonishing goal? Because, I mean, how they were scored is to me, like, if I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, well, you know, in this case, I'm a neutral. So I'm going to definitely look at what I thought was just amazing. And I'm that's how I'm going to put my points down, probably. When I vote uh, on it, but I mean, what... uh, I will, I will secede from my bias when it comes <laughs> to the goal. Um, but these these last two, I don't know. Mm. My bias might kick in a little bit on that uh, that yeah. Gina that Gina goal. I mean, you know, until until celebrations work into college soccer, uh, yeah, we're gonna have to definitely. It's gonna be good, so I'm I'm excited. Like we have we have some good candidates already, and 
we will thread those together. And when, when the last week uh, rolls around, which I think is pretty much like next week. <laughs> it's coming up. Yeah, we're going to thread them together and we're going to just see how it goes, you know, and, and uh, see what, what where the votes sit. And uh, and then yeah, and then we'll let it rip, and then we'll we'll reveal who's got the uh, first ever Enchanted Eleven goal of the month. I like it. I like it. So then, lastly, the other thing is we were talking, and we as we were dreaming up these little categories for the show to make it fun. The end of the season eleven, you know, like this is our basically our um, chosen eleven. And, you know, through the scoring of the player of the week, as well as, you know, all of the hoopla that will exist with the goals scored, is who who is our Enchanted 11 chosen 11, right? Which, which you know, this you usually see this obviously sometimes as, uh, well, this is usually obviously the all-team honors, right, more or less. So that's what we're looking at. You know, we're obviously going to develop some sort of voting towards the end based on a pooling of players that have have been given player of the week honors. Uh, maybe they've come through um, the goal of the month. I'm not entirely sure, but still very cool category to create. Um, what are you excited most about the idea of creating an all an all team enchant the enchanted eleven? I think the voting is gonna be pretty fun. Um, I like the idea of like I think this goes back to the whole creation of the idea of making the enchanted like the doing the podcast for the girls uh and putting them kind of in a in that limelight almost right you know what I mean um so I think this is something fun that uh um when they uh when they hear about this and they say okay that's kind of cool maybe we should listen to these three these three people <laughs> voting on it and and seeing their opinions on on uh on a final season uh and kind of talk to your friends a little bit of a hey look i want to i want an award for yeah we'll have to make it really something something cool um that they can certainly enjoy uh so we'll have to we'll we'll develop that here in the, in the coming the coming week or so um so let's take a break uh this is going to wrap up our uh, segment this week for the enchanted 11 uh, you'll catch us back uh, next week as we talk more conference play, look into um, standout players thus far into the season, and uh, and talk more about um, these different um, ranking criteria categories. So um, let's go to a break. Go hustle out, hustle every single day. I'll be making moves till I'm buried in my grave. And we're back. And now we're into our weekly segment. This is our New Mexico United coverage. Um, thank you for sticking with us. Um, as we've talked already about uh, New Mexican women's college soccer, now we're getting into New Mexico United. Uh, obviously, for these uh those that are interested in what's going on lately uh, with United as we're wrapping up the season and getting closer to postseason. Will the guys make it? We're still wondering. So hop in with us. Here we go. All right, guys. So United just recently uh, played San Antonio FC at Toyota Field. 
Um, I just want to get your guys' initial thoughts on the 1-1 one, one draw. Not bad. <laughs> you you paused there. You waited. What, what, what was going on with I that was one? trying to think of a good response. Uh, I think... <laughs> um, so, good and bad. Let me put it. That's what I was looking for. It was good and bad. Good because uh, San Antonio, as we know, um, sits atop of the of the conference, uh, and um, it's probably a game that you know that is going to be super competitive because just because San Antonio has clinched doesn't mean they have clinched uh, home field advantage just yet, correct? Right. They're not there, they're not there yet? They're not there yet. Um, so definitely a game that you need to go and fight a little bit and get a result. Obviously, I think we all prefer the three points. I don't think anybody wants to draw. But if you are going to draw in any of these last games coming up, San Antonio is the team to take the take the points from. I would agree. Veronica, what, what were your thoughts about the result? Yeah, I mean, um, I think they did a lot better than, than we thought they were initially going to do. Uh, they uh, put up a good... Um, a good defense. Uh, they were kind of like uh, all over the field, just like San Antonio was. So they were definitely like um, giving them a good, uh, like they, they weren't, um, I'm saying they weren't able to complete or create chances on San Antonio's side. And I mean, neither was New Mexico, but you know, they, they were pretty much on a good defense regarding that. Yeah, I think for me, like, my initial thoughts on the result was, mm, okay, I mean, I guess we'll take this. Like, we, you know, a point in the road we always hear is, you know, a point in the road, not bad, especially against a team that's top of the table. I mean, it's got to be really hard to get points out of San Antonio um, if you're coming for a visit, right? So, so I mean, that's, that's a positive, you know, and that probably really does kind of outweigh my – uh, only instant expectations that we need to produce dubs. But I mean, again, like this is an instance where I'm like, mm, I'm not, I'm not going to knock the draw because they're very stingy with their points and they were trying to definitely get that dub and, and seal it up. Right. And so, so we, we should definitely be happy with that. Um, I think, I think that was my initial thought on it. Um, just, you know, at least there was something for us to play for. And I think had it not been that, had it been another loss, um, we would have had a lot more to say. Um, there probably wouldn't have been any good things. So, um, so this is definitely at least that. So um, did you guys like the lineup? It was definitely different this match um, versus what it has been. Did you guys like it? Or do you feel like it should have been the same again against this juggernaut of a team for San Antonio? I think it should have been the same. I wasn't the biggest fan of this particular lineup. Um, I like I liked it to an extent, but it wasn't. It wasn't what I was expecting. That's it, like Veronica said. If, if we're gonna play against San Antonio, 
I wasn't expecting three in the back. I was probably expecting probably four in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, not really playing defensively, but still giving you that coverage that you would get with four in the back rather than three. Um, granted, I think we did have enough coverage, which which ended what ends up happening right is that Portillo and uh, Seymour just drop into the spaces. And we can have Ryden and Hamilton step out or c- come in and kind of move. But it wasn't the formation I was expecting, no. Yeah, I I know that – I know amongst supporters, the, the uh, Romario Williams um, choice to be up top might have been questionable. Uh, just because Romario really hasn't maybe lived up to, let's face it, like a lot of folks have an expectation of Romario as, hey, he was going to be this guy who was going to bring in all these goals. You know, he, you know, they showed the right highlight reels to get us excited. We were in a part of our season where we were like, wow, we've got a lot of forwards and we're not getting anything going from up top. Um, so we thought we were going to get something else. And I will tell you that I feel like, and this is just me, maybe yo, I don't know, but I just feel like it still kind of reminds me of the productivity of a Brian Brown situation. And we can say, mm-hmm. oh, well, but Brian Brown didn't get a lot of playing time or Romario or Romeo Parks didn't get a lot of playing time. You know, and, and I, for Parks, I definitely agree with it. But um, I feel like Williams is, to me, I just can't see him any different than Brian Brown. And, like, maybe if you want to play that sort of hold-up play system, but I don't know. Like, you know, Freighter first year was real flashy, real, you know, boom, like lots of speed and, I think that's what we thought we were getting from it. So having Romario up top in this situation against like a team like this, I'm like, mm, like I don't know, like he is he is he doing something I don't know about? Like you know, like because when I look at this lineup, I'm like, all right, we got Weehan in there. It's you, you didn't necessarily change it all the way out, but you kind of did. It really is kind of mm-hmm. like. It is kind of like pre, uh, yeah, pre Memphis, I guess, right? Like it is pre uh, has a pre Memphis touch to it in some regard, and in some ways pre Colorado or Colorado, like it's, you know, it's 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 not as flashy, like you know, as it could be. Mm-hmm. But that's just kind of my thoughts on the lineup. Um, you know, uh, I think I thought. I, I was like, mm, all right, let's see what it does, right? I think that's fair enough. I mean, it worked out. I mean, at least to get us a draw, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and and so you look at that and go, okay, well, I guess we're going to see that again, right? Uh, I would assume so. I I don't know if this is the same lineup that we go up with with lights. Oh, <laughs> Wait, I have what? a fe- I have a feeling that this is gonna get mixed up. I think we're gonna go back to um, to locomotive 
uh, lineup esque. I think we'll see Moreno back in. I think um, we'll see a shift in in attacking formation. Because because if you're me, if I'm um, if I'm Zach, I'm probably saying lights have an opportunity to get back into the conversation because right now they're on the outside looking in. We have a good opportunity to pick up three points against United because, like, let's be honest, we haven't been goal-scoring machines, uh, and 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 they've been known to produce three-plus goals a game, and where they kind of count, right? Right. And so um, we haven't been able to play up to the occasion. Exactly. Very often, right. Very late. Exactly. Exactly. And so I, I'm. I mean, if you go back to this lineup, I, I think I'm with you, Chris. I don't know if Williams is the – we go back to Williams. I, I think I'd like to see uh, Kavan back in uh, in that position. Um, but um, I don't know. I, I have a feeling that we aren't going to get a 3-4-3 again like this. Right. I think we'll go back to uh, probably like how we showed against Locomotive and uh, Sacramento. Okay, and so then we watched this game kind of unfold, um, you know, and obviously we were, I think we could all say on this um, that we were real curious how this lineup was going to play, and we were, you know, wondering, like, okay, would we score first? Certainly San Antonio had a lot of opportunity earlier on, and – you know, as we've watched previous matches against San Antonio in their own home, they just seem to pelt our goal with near shots. They certainly, um, I I think about the 5-0 loss in San Antonio back in 2019. I was sitting in the stadium, and I remember watching it, and they just really loved to play the far angle on, on Mizell a lot, and uh, and and probably even much the same against Alex too. He's certainly gives up the, the far corner so much. So um, I think like we were, we were all kind of on the same kind of edge. Like how long is this scoreless thing going to happen? Um, I want to queue up the goal um, that they initially scored. And I, I want us to kind of give a reaction to the, the buildup of how the goal was scored and just kind of give our thoughts about what what you remember the performance to be like to that point. Uh, let me share this with us. So at this point, San Antonio's got good triangular passing going they're able to get the ball in past united and put it over tambacus for the score this happens and obviously there's this for me immediately sunken feeling of uh oh not that of ah uh, it's the moment that i was least expect or least wanting is here we're down one nil looking at like kind of the development of that goal um what what was your thought when that happened 
you know, and again, again, leading up to that. I think there's good play from San Antonio to get yourself into that spot. And it just kind of felt like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I had the same sunken feeling. I had this, I had the feeling of, oh man, like, is this going to get out of control or like which, which United team is going to respond to this? Right. Like, uh, are we going to, um, are we going to respond well? Because it kind of just seemed like San Antonio was going to score that first goal initially. And it just kind of felt like that the whole game. Um, but um, yeah, it was definitely a, uh, please, please don't go in the direction. I think this is going to go. Yeah, I mean, they didn't score until the second half, but it was still kind of like, because um, they, they couldn't, you know, either team couldn't get a goal in. And then when they scored, made the first one, it was kind of like, man, like, is are we going to see what we've been seeing the last few weeks? So I, I had that uh, heart sinking feeling. Well, and, and something I was thinking too, and this definitely was like what I thought when it happened. This was like the second week in a row uh, where United was caught playing the fifth official on the field uh, where it cost them, where play stops because they assumed, oh, well, the guy's offside. And and I just wonder, and I posed this in the notes, like, if you're, if you're Zach Prince, what are you saying in the locker room at half? Because, I mean, this is two weeks now. That they were like, oh no, this guy, you know, they just put up their arm and play stopped for them, but like it didn't stop for San Antonio. And I, I feel like that's that's the difference. You know, what do you think Zach's saying at the half room, at the locker room at half? I think if you're Zach, you're sitting there saying like and and this goes, I think, for a lot of coaches, right? And not just at the professional level, is don't leave it up for discussion. Like if if you're going to do something, do it with purpose. If I'm Zach Prince, I'm sitting in that locker room saying, like, instead of putting your hand up, get back to where you belong, right? Because that's just uh, – I don't remember who – who I couldn't remember who was leaving him on sides on that one because he's clearly on sides. Mm-hmm. He, he's a good uh, – my own is what, a good foot, good two feet on side with space, right? And that's just – lazy getting back but i think if you're that prince because everybody shoots their hands up and you say don't leave it up to interpretation if you think he's off sides and the ref keeps his flag down right like what yeah because i mean like what's like, like i'm gonna pull it up again we'll look at it um like let's go back to let's go back to let's do a little history lesson when in the time of history and i know i'm guilty of this when in the time of history has anybody argued with the ref and the ref go, you know what? You're right. <laughs> right. Because we look at it like, who is that? That's probably Alexi Swai. Right. I, I believe so. Cool. Mm-hmm. That's keeping him on. Yeah. Like, and he's a good, and he's a good foot. A good couple feet, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And look at and look how many people are. Look at that. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And there's eight. Oh no, there's seven players there, and six of them have their hands up. 
Right. And the guy, exactly. And it's like, he's on. Like, that ball was in the air. He turns around and comes into it. Like, and they got their hands up. They're not obviously seeing the guy who's the furthest, who's in front. You know what I mean? Right, Which, like, like, so that's probably, I'm very sure that's Alexi Swai. Yeah, it is Alexi. Yeah. And so he's the one who's keeping them on. Like, and look, and still going yeah. in with their hands up. And, <laughs> Like I, I think if you're Zach, you say don't leave it up to interpretation. Yeah. Just don't leave it to interpretation. Yeah. Because so, that's, that that one's easily defendable. Like that's right. Yeah. So that 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 was interesting. Um, and then I was going to ask you, like, so along with the lineup was the thought. Did you get the impression that Zach Prince was preparing with a, for a full 90 with the bench that he chose, having Freighter and Amando Moreno on the bench along with uh, Azira and Bruce? And I believe, was Preston? I don't think Preston was on, was on this Preston roster. Was it was Azira, Bruce, Tete... Uh, Sandoval, Moreno, and Parker. Right. So did you get the idea that Zach was preparing for maybe like, oh, this is probably going to be a full 90. I'm going to need uh, some of my some of my, of my other um, big names to kind of come in. Or do you think he was forced to go and try to fix the scoring problem that Mexico was encountering with the other lineup that we called the big four on the last episode? I think going forward, I think he was prepared to say um, – like, just with Moreno and Kavan coming off the bench, I think you were in a position to say, let's see where we're at 60, 70 minutes in, and then we'll go from there. Because it felt like the only changes that he was going to make was going to be up top. If Because if, I think you're right, because I think it felt like go 90 minutes, but if we go astray somewhere where we need to fix those scoring problems. I have some pieces that are here that can, can fix that. Right. And so that, that was, it was just a very interesting uh, one. Um, and then along the line, so, so Kavan Freider comes in to the group um, was this the substitution that you felt was needed at the moment? Um, how do you think Kavan Freider affected the game uh, from his entry? Well, I mean, he picks up a yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> what, 10 minutes Ten minutes onto the pitch, right? He comes in uh, 65th? Yeah. He comes, um, he comes in at the yeah. 65th, yes. Yeah, 65th. Um, that, that like his fourth for <laughs> probably <laughs> right is not what they were saying um his i mean uh, yeah i mean yeah i guess like that, that i mean that goes back to the decision making right are you gonna go the full 90 or are you gonna make a decision that like is going to try and fix these scoring woes um i mean ultimately kavan's not the one that puts the ball in the back of the net but i think he at least changes the dynamic a little bit for San Antonio 
because uh, you know just even putting that one player in provides a new set of instructions going forward so i think um it kind of gives san antonio a new a new game plan for the rest of the game to see the game out because it also didn't feel like san antonio was going to let off the gas either after that after that goal right if we're if we're being all together honest about it it definitely felt like it was here was the menacing right yeah and San Antonio looked like, okay, once we put one in, we're going to put four, five, six in, too, if we want. Exactly. And so um, so then what was cool is so Kavon Freider came in, and literally uh, within the next moment, United finds themselves on the score sheet. Um, who has that goal uh, to share? I do. Okay. So the buildup kind of comes back a little bit. So okay. we get Kavan, and then we get the nice rotation going in here. Okay, this looked nice. Mm-hmm. The long pass here, or the pass out. It took it inside kind of wide there. I was a little worried we were going to lose it in there. I, you know what mm-hmm. I liked here is that... Um, and this goes out to any of our, oops, uh, any of our uh, youngsters that may or may not be listening to go back and watch this goal and go watch Weehan's movement the entire time that he does not have this ball because he just finds himself into into space the entire time that this ball is being moved around because uh, the same I said the same thing I was like if this ball goes back in the middle and we lose it I'm gonna probably throw something. <laughs> <laughs> But you know what this goal was though? This was this was the ratty to Weehan um, simulation back in the Colorado game. Mm-hmm. This was that same exact um, scheme that I thought, but the only difference was that Weehan makes a run, but he gets in behind a Colorado player. He doesn't find himself in front where you know where he's got you know space between him and an opening on the goal right um this one was really nice and it made me think about yearwood and like do you remember the season when yearwood really just emerged he was like just coming on his own i believe that was the 2020 season right the 2020 season yeah yeah and he just really stood out and i thought man i'm so glad that yearwood was back for this match because we know ratty's um doing uh, international duty for africa Mm -hmm. cup of nations and you know and then you know of course Suggsy isn't in and i thought man this is perfect because one thing we really lost in the off season was um we 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 are lost or we didn't have a lot of and it's been real challenging this season is guys that can really send in a nice cross mm-hmm. and so when this thing sequences and like you were showing like the ball goes inward, and I was like, mm, this is generally where we get caught up. We're taking the ball inside. Santi used to do it all the time. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. But it was nice because we were able to get the ball back out wide, and with Yearwood sitting there, it was perfect. And and what I liked is we weren't sluggish. Like, if you, looked, if you think about the beginning of the game, when we got the ball, 
on a counter, God, we like literally let San Antonio get positioning. They like, you know what I mean? So with this, mm-hmm. there wasn't enough time for anyone to react. It was like, boom, Yearwood's got it. He sent it in. Weehan makes the run, gets it off of his boot, and boom, it's in there. Like he was, he even shielded the goalkeeper. It was perfect. So, so I mean, you know, two things to be said. Weehan gets his 49th goal. It was uh, definitely what put us back in the game. And two, Yearwood is is back just in time. Um, and so I guess, like, something to think about is, um, oh, I think this is, uh, is that there's no goal, there's no goal without Yearwood, right? Yeah. Right. So, I mean, you know, I think the thing we have to think about going forward is if we're going to have someone back there, you know, right now we don't have Ratty, so it's not really an option. But, you know, as long as Yearwood's in and Suggs is out, obviously I would think that Yearwood's probably going to be showing up in the back line. And maybe Zach thinks about, you know, now he can do a back four. You know, I don't know if he uses Yearwood the way he was using Ratty where he was floating him up, but, you know. You know, you just have to make sure the person who's back there has speed and has a good, you know, right, a good understanding of coverage. Because, I mean, teams are definitely going to still try to exploit that part of the pitch on us. So, um, so then let's talk subs, right? Like we, like I said, we know that Freighter was the only one we saw for the night. I was a little surprised with that. I'm not going to lie. Um, being drawn at one-one with five minutes of stoppage time being announced, should Zach have then? unloaded the bench or do you think his decision to still stay with the current group based on you know what that goal looked like and a little bit afterwards was the better move so i guess what i'm trying to say is like you know could he drastically have turned the game into like the very low productive lineup that we've had or do you think he was like "Mm, i don't really want to do that because we may not be getting any goals I just want to maybe keep it with, I just added 10%. Let's just see what this group does. Like, so it's not really like he went from one extreme to the other. It's Mm -hmm. like, he just kind of said, Hey, I'm going to kind of sit in the middle and kind of just, you know, just add a little bit, you know, we're not going to, you know what I mean? We're not going to like add too much sugar to the tea. We're just going to just kind of taste it as we go. Right. I would have liked to see, uh, I would have liked to see Moreno come on. Um, probably late, fresh legs. We know that he is very spicy. So um, I would have liked to see him come on with some fresh legs and maybe hit back with another little counter punch and see if he gets involved into a play and maybe picks up some trash uh, and, and tries and buries one. But uh, I think that was probably... After after we scored, I thought that might have been the only sub that we saw left, and then uh, he didn't come on. So I, I mean, the way that it finishes, I think that's I, I get okay, but I think I was expecting Moreno to come on. Yeah, and so um, so then kind of shifting into things, right? Because I mean, the minute this game was like closed out, I was like, all right, well. Let's look at the table. I know we had some matches coming up too. So, I mean, given our talks about playoffs lately and, and the team's track record, I mean, 
like we kind of already said it, right? Like, you know, the draw wasn't bad. Um, I think, and I'll just say this as like kind of a, a nail in, in this coffin is that I think that from a morale standpoint as a supporter, the draw felt like a win because finally we were getting over the three game losing skid. And we know that usually when something breaks a cycle, that a new cycle is yet to begin. And so with four matches left, at this point, you ponder, like, you know, how many of the next ones are draws or are these wins? Like, we have kind of, you know, we have a little bit of a break in that and that. And so I think now, um, you know, now I think Zach's messaging has to change. And I'm pretty sure it probably already has. But Las Vegas Lights, I mean, absolutely not a draw. We have to get the dub there. We just do because things are things are happening fast, and mm-hmm. some of it's out of our control. Um, on to another thought here. When we get to things, did either of you catch the SAC versus OC game or the SAFC uh, versus Colorado Springs game? And like, were you surprised with the results of those? If you caught them. Uh, I was happy with the Colorado and San Antonio result. Uh, I think that result is uh, probably not beneficial in any way to either of us, but uh, I think um, it just shows that we could probably play a much better game against Colorado uh, than we did against San Antonio. Right. The SAC OC game was tilted, to say the least. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sacramento is up like, what was it, 3-0 after 30 minutes. This thing became a golf match quick (laughs) as far as commentary you had Devin Kerr's voice shot I think we all tweeted him and said hey bro you need some honey in your tea <laughs> yeah right it was crazy and you thought what are they gonna do for another 60 minutes because this thing is like all the lost right and um it it just shows man Sacramento is not done after the open cup run they are still a team you have to think about um and quite frankly, I don't know that I want to play them again. If you know, in a postseason setting, they're definitely on a revenge tour um, <laughs> mode. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, something else. Monterey Bay. Obviously, we know that this game ended in a draw. I was really hoping that they were going to win that because. I thought for sure Monterey Bay was hotter than an evening in Phoenix, but uh, you know, I mean, like, Ooh, I what like can <laughs> what can we say, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, perhaps this draw might cool them off a little bit. It might be uh, back to those uh, those Bayside vibes, right? I mean, guess we'll have to see. Uh, <laughs> I, I I think the point is, I think. Them getting the one point is okay. Um, 
as much as you, I think as much as you want to see them win, um, I mean, because who doesn't like watching? It's exciting. It's exciting to see a team with no chance have a chance. Uh, And it's also nice to see that team in Arizona. That team in Chandler that may not be in Chandler. (laughs) Who even lives in a place called Chandler? Uh, (laughs) Isn't that a guy guy from Friends? Yeah, Friends. With no friends. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, I, I think... The draw suffices the parties, the masses of New Mexico, because nowhere are we all going to be cheering for them to beat Monterey. Um, so that way we don't have as much pressure on our backs because they get those two. It, let's let's theoretically put that there is that they pick up those two points and they're sitting at 41 and now they're on the door knocking behind all of us that's left, right? So, um, Mm-hmm. I think the I, I think I'll suffice with the with the draw. I hope okay. they get in though. Yeah, I'm, I actually really wanted Monterey to just win this one too. I mean, when you're a neutral, you you know. Yeah, because I mean, bit, I, I wanted Phoenix to continue their losing streak. Yes, you know? I I think we it's all nice enjoy. to watch them lose over and over again. I love I love anguish when it's not mine. Yeah, <laughs> misery um, always loves company. Sometimes, so yeah. <laughs> hey, that's a good one. I love it. Um, so we know San Antonio hasn't clinched home playoffs yet. San Diego clinched uh, playoffs. I feel like Phoenix is definitely giving gifts to everyone. Um, Patrick, uh, who does Colorado and Sacramento have left on their schedule? Uh, Colorado. I don't know what happened to my notes because I had them. Further down. Yeah, Further I down. had my notes there too. Oh, oh there, there they are. There, there, there. Okay, there, there. Oh. Okay. Um, I was like, because I had funny puns for that too. <laughs> um, Sacramento gets uh, San Antonio, actually, uh, is what I was looking at. Yeah. I believe, right? Mm-hmm. They get San Antonio on Friday or on Saturday, sorry. Uh, San Antonio on Saturday in San Antonio. Um, and then they get that team in Chandler on, uh, the next, that'll be the next one coming up for them on Wednesday of next week on the 28th. Um, so, uh, Sacramento, I think shows, shows up against San Antonio. I still don't think San Antonio will pick up their, uh, beloved home field advantage for you a think while. They, you think they'll lose it towards the end? I don't know if they'll lose it. Uh, I have to let me, let me go back to the table a little bit and do some mathing. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't think they'll lose it, but I don't think it just may not come. I don't right, think. Right away. I don't think that they'll clinch it on their own accord. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair. I I have. I'll tell you what my sneaking suspicion is. Is I have a feeling that we will clinch it for them. When we play loyal in the coming weeks. Okay. So, um, so when, when I'm there and I see the table change, and we're like, oh, damn, he got it. Damn. Should have bet on, on red the whole time that I was there. <laughs> uh, and then for Colorado, they've got Oakland uh, on the 24th on Saturday. And then uh, they will play Trainwreck FC uh, 
on that following Wednesday. That team in the bottom of New Mexico. That one. <laughs> that team down south, right? Yeah. So uh, I think, uh, at least for Colorado, um, I don't know. I don't know if we're in the position of just rooting for Colorado at this point until we play them and pick up the three points. <laughs> That's a good call. I mean, That's because, a good call. Because Oakland's on the door knocking and El Paso's on above us, right? Right, they're kind of sitting with we're, the different the differentials. They're, they're with the differential plus two, I think. Plus two or three. Um so uh I think as of right now from where we're at recording this, I think we're saying, yay, Colorado, go take care of business. Do you realize that if we didn't beat Phoenix 7-0, we wouldn't have any differential? <laughs> True. True. I don't know if they want to talk about that, though. They probably don't. <laughs> they probably don't. Uh, Veronica, who does El Paso and RGV have left? So, um, oh, I didn't read that correctly, but El Paso has... Um, <laughs> It's okay. Tampa Tampa Bay Rowdies on the 28th. Uh, Colorado Springs um, on the 5th. And then OC on the 8th. And I need just one second for the rest of the information. I uh, think I got you. Um, I got you on the matches for RGV. Um, they have a slew of matches actually um they have charleston battery uh tomorrow thursday they've got uh loose city on the first of october they've got memphis 901 fc on october 5th they've got phoenix rising on october 8th and then their last match is against monterey bay and i'm not gonna lie guys like reading this schedule off right now um if they beat all five of those teams like I would be pretty impressed with Monterey, or I'm sorry, with RGV. Uh, I'd be really impressed with them because that's a very tough schedule. Um, And the best thing that RGV has going for them is that they've got a win streak going on. And they're playing against teams that, mm, okay, maybe Lou City and Memphis gives you a tough time because they still want to better their positioning. Um, But other than that, if they want to rest some players, then I don't know. They might have five games that they can just dominate and really shake up the USL for a minute. At least, at least in the West, right? Like it'll make things interesting uh, going forward, right? Especially with the Charleston game. Uh, that's tomorrow, correct? Yeah, that's tomorrow. Uh, well, um, <laughs> tomorrow Friday. or tomorrow. Friday? Yeah, there you go. Friday. Um, so Charleston on Friday, uh, and uh, I think, like you said, if you win that game, if you're RGV, you win that game, you might be okay with uh, looking at uh, Memphis and uh, Lou City as opportunities, because I, I I don't see uh. I don't see them losing to Phoenix, but that could make that last that last game against Monterey 
pretty, pretty interesting. That might really be the game that decides either of their their Thanks. chances as the number seven team, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So, guys, check it. So, we've talked about team or games that are coming up this week. We don't have a game this weekend. Do you know what that means? That means we get a chance to actually be neutrals and watch some of these games. So, again, just a recap of the games RGV versus are at Charleston on Friday, Monterey and Miami, Oakland and Colorado Springs, Sacramento and San Antonio, San Diego and Las Vegas. And then next Tuesday, before we record again, Monterey at Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, what episode are you, or sorry, what match are you watching um, playoff minded? And what matches are you watching just merely for entertainment? Like if you were just going to turn one on, what are you most drawn to? Uh, I'm going to go with Oakland at Colorado Springs. And is that your your playoffs minded or your entertainment? That is both. Okay. Um, Actually, maybe the entertainment, I would probably watch the Sacramento San Antonio. But I think (laughs) that Oakland and Colorado Springs – if Oakland wins that game, uh, I think the door is just wide open for everybody at that point, yeah. right? Because Oakland now is sitting in a playoff spot with – keep in mind, because I, I know we were talking about uh, RGV and we're talking about um, Monterey, Monterey and mm-hmm. we're talking about um, these teams that are kind of just on the up-and-coming uh, – but uh, we aren't looking at Oakland, whose schedule going towards the with their three games that they've got left, uh, are or four games, sorry, are very winnable games. Mm-hmm. Again, so you have Colorado switchbacks. If that game ends up in favor of Oakland, they'll take on Birmingham. They'll take on Hartford Athletic and Pittsburgh, which, in my opinion, might be all winnable games for them. So, um, could make things a whole lot more interesting than they really needed to be. <laughs> hey, we're definitely going to have to definitely tune in and, and and keep each other going this weekend. Veronica, what do you got for? Uh, well, I'm games? on I'm on that same page. I'm excited for that Oakland Colorado Springs match. Actually, okay. the Oaklanders are very hopeful that they're going to clinch a spot in the playoffs. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they can do against Colorado Springs for sure. I think I'm definitely on that. I'm going to watch the Monterey match. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also thinking about the – I'm, I'm drawn to the Vegas match uh, with San Diego, but I feel like I still want to see – the, the the thing that is Sacramento, they just they've just been mm-hmm. really exciting. Yeah, with uh, with Roro doing his thing. Yeah, yeah, they it was it was fun to watch. So I, I'm probably I'm at those. So I think that's what I'm I'm gonna be watching. But I know that we're all that we're gonna obviously uh, hit each other up, and 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 we'll probably be watching some of the same matches when it's all said and done, and we'll be talking to each other about it. Um, guys, this has been a fun episode to just sit and talk all things New Mexican soccer. I know we eventually have to get back to the real world and, uh, you know, do our things before we 
call it a night for ourselves and, and get ourselves prepared for what is already the next day. Um, we have talked the Enchanted 11 all the way to New Mexico United. Guys, thanks for being on tonight. Thank you. Thank it's you. Always, it's always fun to be here on a Wednesday night. Yep. It's a fun, fun hangout night. Right on. Well, then, uh, as always, for Patrick Baca, Veronica Zavala, and myself, Chris Walker, you've been listening to another We Are Seeking Strike podcast. You've been listening to We Are Seeking Strike podcast, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. Find more USL related podcasts and written content at bgn.fm. To never miss new content, consider subscribing wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the episode. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube at Seek and Strike Collective. Lastly, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Roughneck Scarves and Icarus FC. Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com. Thank you.